break. Uh, whoa, we- whoa, whoa, wow. <laughs> okay, a wind gust just came and knocked our umbrella off of the uh, wow. lawn thing. Yeah, you can't edit that out. I can't edit that. That was really wild. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go ahead. And that's what can happen when you live stream your podcast episode on YouTube. What's up, Georgia Bulldogs fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 229 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm still laughing at the visual of an umbrella hitting Will in the head. But I digress. In a, in a past life... Or any time in between the launch of our show in 2015 and, say, six weeks ago, our standard Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast episode would consist of my co-host, Will Leach and Tony Waller, showing up at my house midweek in the evening. 90% of them were scheduled in advance, with all three of us coordinating for just a couple of hours in our calendars because of our typically hectic schedules. Oftentimes, we'd be getting together after one of us had a business trip, or maybe there was a recital to attend for one of our kids, or even a basketball or softball game. We, like you, were busy, and we were thrilled to have that small window of time together where we'd discuss the results of a Georgia football or basketball or baseball game. There was bourbon, glasses clinking on the table, and there was structure to the episode. Now, with the global pandemic going on and the need to stay apart, We've been trying a few new things out of necessity to keep creating content. One of the new ways we're doing that is via YouTube. On March 1st of this year, Waiting Since Last Saturday didn't even have a presence on YouTube. It was always something I had thought about, but didn't really have the time or desire to create and cultivate a channel. Now it's the second week of April, and there are 10 Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast YouTube videos published. You should go watch a few. Some are edited creations I've put together, but more recently, We've been scheduling live broadcasts where some of our podcast listeners join us in the chat room, and it's been so much fun for us. Really, it has been. It's way more interactive and enjoyable than I ever would have predicted. But eventually, Will, Tony, and I will get back to sitting around that table across from each other, breaking down a Georgia football game, clinking glasses, drinking bourbon. But until then, we hope that you enjoy this alternative programming and subscribe to our podcast and our YouTube channel. So without any further delay, here's Will Leach and me from our YouTube live stream the other day talking about Georgia football, when and where Major League Baseball might get started, and yes, Georgia football jeopardy. Hope you enjoy our show. So I've got Will Leach, and I'm Scott Duvall. Uh, We are two of the three for the Waiting Since Last Saturday crew, and unfortunately, we can only do two at once because as far as technology is concerned... Uh, I can. I seem to only be able to get one co-host at a time. So, Will, I appreciate you uh, joining me today. Um, how's it going? The live stream is about three or four seconds after me, uh-huh. so it's cool. Like I feel like I can predict the future. Like I'll <laughs> say something and then I'm going to do it in like five seconds. Right. Uh, right. I'm How do well. we look on the live stream? Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, as awesome as ever, obviously. <laughs> um, so, uh, no, hey, how's it going, man? Uh, it's good to chat with you. I loved watching uh, uh, your and Tony's thing. I got a little jealous. Yeah. So I was happy to be on. Uh, and uh, I'm in the backyard here. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of my friends in uh, New York who are going through this as well. And they are all incredibly envious of my yard. Uh, I will say uh, I did a Zoom meeting with a bunch of people that I worked with uh, in the past. Zoom is, by the way, terrible software that is, is stealing everything off your computer. If you get a chance, use Google Hangouts. It's so much better. But I understand I had to use Zoom like a lot of other people did. And uh, uh, they were also because they're all in their very small, tiny, dark apartments where everything is so sad. And I'm like, look trees outside look children so uh children no i have have children sitting right next to me right now as a matter of fact so um i'm happy to be here and uh certainly happy to talk with you well we're uh we're actually using skype today it works really well with the software integration uh that i've been using and um we've already had a couple of uh well terry cruz he joined us the other day with uh tony and he uh commented that uh will seemed to have upgraded his camera so uh, yep. you're, you are looking good. The, the viewers at home think that you're, you're looking good. I like the outdoor setup that you're using. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good for crying out loud. We're, we're outside. You know, it's, eventually, it's going to be pouring down. It's going to be 150 degrees. It's been wonderful. I have to say one advantage I've had in this, too, is you know, I obviously live in five points. I've been running every day 
uh, I work at a home anyway, other than having the children here and everyone generally terrified about everything. Right. <laughs> this is not that different than, uh, than every day for me. I'm still uh, uh, keeping busy in the same way. I'm running uh, down the uh, the Firefly Trail and uh, the uh, the Coney Connector Trail, whatever it's called, the North Coney one by me. And it's fun. It's uh, I, This is our normal day for me. I don't understand why everybody's freaking out. Well, we got lucky today. Uh, a couple of our friends left town for the i guess they they went to their lake house and um the kids went over and uh used their pool today so oh, that yeah. was a fun break uh, whoa, we... whoa whoa wow <laughs> okay a wind gust just came and knocked our umbrella off of the uh wow. lawn thing. yeah you can't edit that out i can't edit, edit that that was really <laughs> <wild>. <laughs> okay sorry go ahead tony and i talked a little bit about uh, the Georgia Football Reserve Fund, because that was in the news this week, about how Georgia's sitting pretty right now um, because they have $100 million, uh, $100 million to, to, to dip into if needed uh, for the, you know, say part of the college football season is played or none or maybe all of it. You know, I'm not making predictions right now. But uh, have, you, have you done any reading on the fact that some of these schools out there are really going to be hitting hard times, especially if the college football season is delayed at all? Uh, yeah, uh, Matt Brown, <clears throat> one of the two Matt Browns that writes, excuse me, that writes about college football, uh, not the one I worked with the Sports Center, the one that works at SB Nation, has a really good newsletter where he's written a lot about, <clears throat> a lot about this. Sorry, it's <clears throat> I'm fine. There's just pollen everywhere. <laughs> um, but uh, he's written a lot about this, specifically about the idea of the first sports that are going to have to go. It's, I mean, it's why everyone's so desperate, right? It's why they have, like, I, I'd like to think that everyone's so desperate to get football back because they want to make me as a football fan happy, but they are like, like forget just sports. Stop doing that. When stop doing that, get off of that. Um, forget just sports. Uh, the idea like stu- schools themselves are going to be in a lot of financial trouble uh, if they don't get football back. Uh, I think they've we've seen a lot of different industries uh, kind of show uh, their asses a little bit <laughs> and what they're overextended in. Uh, uh, William, stop, please. Uh, uh, when we're what they're overextended in and what they're, uh, I think college football has to get back for a lot of people because if it doesn't, forget just like losing your wrestling team, for example. Uh, there's going to be major cuts for like a lot of these universities because sports are just such a big part of what their budget is. So yeah, I think uh, Georgia's going to be fine. Uh, Alabama's going to be fine. Uh, Illinois is going to be fine. But, uh, you know, your, your, some of your smaller Sunbelt schools, uh, some of your Southern Conference schools, I think that's where you get worried uh, because uh, television money, you know, we've talked for a long time about how sports has been so uh, adhering to the, to the college bubble, to this television bubble. And uh, the fact that television is so important for not just college sports, but all sports, that, uh, but it's still archaic. Like the only reason that sports really is in this major boomlet or has been in this major boomlet is because nobody watches TV the way that they used to. And so because of that, live sports has a power uh, people still watch sports the way they watched it in 1984, and they don't watch television in any other way the way they did in 1984. But now we're realizing the downside of that, which is uh, they've gotten all this money out of this kind of archaic business plan, and all because no one ever imagined not having sports to televise. Now you're seeing what happens uh, uh, if even the slightest thing pushes them off their edge. Yeah, I was watching a couple of the replays that ESPN has had, especially on the weekends, and. One thing that bothers me is, like, I was going to watch a 2008 playoff game between the Celtics and somebody. I don't even remember. But it gave away in the description who won. And then I was like, well, I don't want to watch it now because I know who wins. And I know how many (laughs) points are scored. And So I kind of wish that they would dial that back a little bit to, I mean, a game that was played 10 years ago. uh, To maybe not say, here's what happened, you know, in the description. And then just let me watch the game. Yeah, they've talked about this. We actually, uh, I obviously, I'm still running for MLB, and they're having like meetings to update us on kind of everything that's going on. And one of the things they've talked about, because they've been playing, I, I feel like MLB Network has been awesome throughout all of this because because the advantage that they have that the NFL doesn't have, uh, the NFL is obviously doing. Uh, to me, in the NFL is still living in the alternative universe where everything is fine. And it's awesome, right? It's like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, we'll just pretend there's going to be a season, and Tom Brady is a big, leaving is a big deal. And we, <clears throat> we're, it's generally a, the same offseason we always have. But uh, so therefore, there's not like old games to watch. Baseball's been showing all of these old games and it's been really fun. 
But one of the things they talked about was the idea that, like, everybody generally knows who won Game 6 of the 1986 World Series. Everyone kind of knows all these things. <clears throat> they might not who won, not know who won, like, a random 2014 Marlins-Angels exactly. game. And I think there is value to that because, sure, someone could go to baseball reference and just look it up. But why? Right. Right. That's what I'd like to see. I'd that like happened to see... in the middle of the podcast, by the way. I think, uh, oh, sorry, Alexa just noticed that the umbrella flew off. So, uh, like, literally in the middle of the podcast, the umbrella went flying out. So, uh, I've only been able to fix it because I've been talking to you. So, sorry. Um, what I was going to say is that I'd love to see, like, an old Braves, you know, Giants game from the early 90s that, that the networks knew was an awesome game, maybe an awesome ending that I don't even remember the end of the score, as long as the Braves win yeah. uh, <laughs> right. or something. But just something like that would be cool because, like you said, it's great to be able to have the kids sit down and watch like game six of the Red Sox Mets World Series when it goes through Bill Buckner's leg, but <laughs> right. you know, it's not everybody that much knows fun that. for me. Yeah. Right. Everybody, everybody knows that, knows the way it ends. So, so um, well, yeah, they're working on, and, and you know, I think that you're seeing you know, I wrote a piece about this for the Washington Post about how ESPN's had to get kind of creative with a lot of things. I think that moving up The Last Dance, uh, the Michael Jordan documentary, my son William is very excited about that already. He's been, he wrote he wrote me a book report about Michael Jordan, so he's very excited to actually see. It. I'm such a mean teacher, by the way. In addition to their schoolwork, I'm actually assigning them other things for me that they're that they are due for me. So they've been doing book reports every week. Um, uh, I think that Michael Jordan, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and uh, Barack Obama are the three. Is that right, William? the three books so far and uh and the beatles yes and the beatles so yeah so so basically we've been uh uh, but yeah so for me uh that's a good idea the last dance is a really good idea but eventually you know they're gonna have to actually show some games they can get by while they can for a while okay i'm getting water all over myself uh through this we i don't know if we had to do this now um but uh, sorry for the technical difficulties. But uh, I don't know why we had to do this right now. Um, this is great. But uh, anyway, so um, but uh, for me, sorry. I'm not, if you're listening to this on the on the regular podcast feed, you must be very bewildered what's going on. So to get get you caught up, I'm outside. I'm at our deck chair, and the umbrella literally blew away. And then my wife decided to to put it back up here and soak me with water while I was doing the live podcast. So I apologize. <laughs> That's good. Well, I, I um just to change gears real quick. I you well, know it's it's weird. For me to see all of this news that Dog Nation's covering and in the AJC about recruiting. And Georgia is doing pretty good in the 2021 recruiting. A couple of the things, and I know you don't follow recruiting that much, Will, but uh, there were three guys recently that uh, they've been targeting. Uh, Micah Morris from Camden County is the number 11 offensive tackle in the country. Uh, showing that Mac, Matt Luke is still making roads uh, with the offensive line. Um Lovessa, Lovessa Carroll, a four-star running back out of Warrington, Georgia. And if you know where Warrington, Georgia is, you get an extra point on this podcast <laughs> because uh, you, you know what county that is, Will? I don't. Madison? It's Warren County. Warren County. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's out near Augusta, Georgia. I have then, to say the uh-huh. COVID maps are teaching me all sorts of counties in Georgia I didn't know beforehand, by the way. I'm learning all the different counties of Georgia by watching. Well, you know, Georgia by, has the most it, counties uh, east of the Mississippi of any state. Yeah, like, and it's funny, my parents live in Winterville now, and I never realized, oh, I'm in, like, that l- weird little corner that is Oglethorpe. Just, like, this strange little, like, uh, patch of land. Anyway, yeah, Winterville, Winterville stretches a little bit into Oglethorpe County, even though it's the only other city in Athens, Clark County. Right. Um, and then the final, the final uh, guy that uh, George is targeting, he hasn't committed yet, but Elijah Judy. No, no relation to Jerry Judy, I don't think. It's spelled <laughs> the same way. He's out of Philadelphia. He's an edge rusher. Um, so those are the kind of the updates on the recruiting front with the Bulldogs. Uh, so one thing I did see, uh, Mike Griffith of Dog Nation did an interview with Cole Kubelik. He's a sideline reporter for ESPN. And Cole brought up an interesting point that, say, the college ball season starts. We're just going to assume it starts on time, you know, in September or something. But maybe with limited practice. He said if you were devising a plan – he would think that uh, just to rush the quarterback, you know, create all kinds of havoc on the from the defensive side uh, of the ball because the offense is not going to have time. I mean, think about it. We got Jamie Newman 
uh, a bunch of new offensive linemen, they're not going to have enough time to gel. So really, advantage defense, if we're looking pro forma to the college football season uh, starting up, I'd say that that gives Georgia a big advantage uh, early in the season. Yeah, though I would say we give them a big disadvantage when it comes to the new quarterback and uh, the new receivers. We've seen on social media, he obviously has an accurate and cool arm, at least outside during quarantining. Uh, but, you know, that is that, that was already going to be an issue because it was just going to be one you know, they're only going to have one year with him. But uh, I certainly I know that was something they were valuing was to be able to get reps with everyone and get everybody comfortable with that. So I think that's an issue. I agree. I think there's um, I, I wonder if this is going to be even a bigger problem in the NFL because, you know, a lot of colleges, college packages are complicated, but they're all based in something relatively simple. Like there's like eight or nine different things, whereas like a football NFL playbook is like you have to memorize a million different permutations of a million different things. That I think is going to be a larger problem in the NFL than college. <clears throat> college has a lot of different has a lot of different formations. <clears throat> Sorry, Jesus, so much pollen out here. Um, so I get for having class outside. Um, but uh to me, to me, the with the with with basically what the deal is is with college. There's a lot of different permutations, but I think there's only like five or six basic choices they have. They try to keep it simple enough as it as is. Uh, whereas the NFL, I think it's going to be really really complicated because every coach in the NFL thinks they have to control every single aspect of every single thing, and they're just not going to have the time to do that. I think it's hilarious with the NFL draft coming. I think what next week, which I have to say, I never watch the NFL draft. I am going to watch the crap out of the NFL draft this year, and I never ever watch the NFL draft. I am absolutely watching it this year. But even I, I find it hilarious that all the general managers in the NFL are like, oh. We can't do this out of our homes. Don't you realize we are like they, they, the, 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 if you were to listen to NFL general managers, they are like performing cold fusion, uh, to like figure out, uh, the NFL draft. I mean, they're, you're sitting in a room picking names off a board they're, They can't believe how they're going to have to work under these conditions, which is a very NFL kind of way to be. Wouldn't that be funny if they automated it like we do in our fantasy football draft or let their kids pick it? <laughs> yeah, that would be. I have to say, uh, it is. It, there is something. One of the many ways that I think this is changing American life is it's definitely showing how that like things are not really as complicated as we've all tried to make them look and make them sound. And the idea that the NFL draft, I mean, to hear, I mean, they just act like it's just the most complicated and serious thing to ever want to go to. And then you realize that like, or you could just. Do it in your kitchen. <laughs> yeah. You can also just draft people in your kitchen if you absolutely had to. And I feel like uh, there is – I think we've seen this in media. I think we've seen this a lot on television, to be honest. Uh, the idea that uh, – I think this is ultimately going to be good for television in that there's going to be uh, – uh, I think it's been frustrating uh, for a lot of people to see media coverage that it's always just people that live in New York. And it's all – those are the people that I have access to beyond because generally speaking, they'd rather have you in studio than have you remote. I have to say – some of the more interesting backgrounds I've seen on all sorts of television right now and people in their homes, it, it, I think it personalizes things and humanizes a lot of people. I think it will help in that coverage as well uh, if we ever get through this. Yeah, no, I agree. I've enjoyed seeing how some people have their homes decorated or or you know, or lack of decoration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but and I think it's fun. Like to me, I think there's value in that. I think that uh, uh, I, I it's, it definitely makes more sense for that than whenever you see the morning shows and it's just like here's the Today Show and here's the host that's seven feet uh, strategically seven right. feet away. That looks weirder than just if they were in their home. Like I feel like the late night shows look more normal than that. Yeah. Uh, to say the least. So uh, Robert Wolf is joining us, and he comments, uh, yes, they should do their draft on Yahoo with a three-minute timer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm down. I, listen, it, I, that would be fine with me, and I would just like to generally see less yeah. self-seriousness about this stuff. But, but uh, I, it'll be fun to watch. I, there is an actual relevant sporting event happening uh, next week, and, uh, and I'll definitely watch it. So where do you think Jake Fromm ends up, or do you have any idea? Maybe second round? I mean, I do think the fact that they haven't had a ton of combines and a ton of physical uh, stuff is going to help him uh, because that's generally where he is thought to come up short, is that his arm isn't as strong or his, his, uh, he's not as fast and so on. But, like, everyone respects the intangibles. Everyone expects his, how smart he is. Everyone, you know, he makes good decisions. Uh, so I think that only helps because that's, that's a known in a situation where there's a lot of unknowns. Uh, I still feel like 
late second, third round is what you're looking at uh, there. But uh, but we'll see. Uh, it will be as someone that has spent a lot of time running uh, around here, uh, uh, listening to both podcasts and listening to the brilliant. I'm just going to give so much love to the official Dogcast uh, podcast, which you yes. introduced me to, Scott. The po- podcast. Uh, the podcast. Yes, uh, I can tell they've been influential because now Illinois is doing this with their official athletics podcast of playing old games, uh, pretty much straight through. Uh, ordinarily, I like it when they include the commercials, but only only like it when they include commercials on all broadcasts when they're like from the 80s so you can hear like buy a Betamax use your Rubik's Cube and it's not quite as fun when this is just like a couple years ago but to be able to listen to those games games I did not listen to that's another advantage I've never actually listened to these games right. before I've right. actually li- never listened to the uh, to the call so it's really really fun the Rose Bowl in particular I did not know I think is it Dowdle that's on the uh, the sideline Yes. Is it chucked out? Yeah. So and I, apparently he does this thing before every game because I never listen to the games. I'm always watching them or I'm there. He does this thing for every game where he does like this fired up uh, on the sideline, uh, sort of like, go get him, dogs. Here we go. Let's uh, whatever he's doing. And it's very exciting. <laughs> like I have to say, it always makes me run faster. It's very silly and over the top, but I kind of love it. So I really, they, I think they have the Rose Bowl up there. They just put the Notre Dame game, uh, not this year's Notre Dame game, but the game at South Bend uh, up there. Uh, I think it's very fun. I think it's telling. I think you can say a lot, tell a lot about the different athletic programs. Uh, Georgia has put nothing but football games up on their audio thing and Illinois put only basketball games up on their audio thing so that tells you a little bit about each you know it's interesting you bring up Chuck Dowdle uh, and his pregame I remember uh, that he was he had interviewed Kirby Smart before the South Carolina game as that's right that's tunnel, right and Kirby was the one telling him we're not ready yeah, yeah, that's that right. Game, that's right. So. That's right. Yeah, and I think I think it's telling. And uh, I that was I had forgotten about that. I forgot about that too. But uh, yeah, so it's <clears throat> I've been enjoying that a little bit. Um, I feel like um, you know, as someone that works in sports media, I uh, it's been interesting to see how certain people have handled the way they cover this stuff. Uh, I feel like uh, I'm writing about a lot of old games and a lot of uh, 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 and and generally how sports how the sports world is reflected in this. It's worth noting that I wrote my I wrote a weekly piece for New York Magazine this week. I made it about politics because <laughs> <laughs> there's just there's really no updates. Uh, uh, nothing really came out of the president's meeting with the commissioners last week, so there really wasn't any, any kind of new takeaway uh, out of that. So, uh, uh, but uh, I think it's telling. Even if you look at like the athletic, like I love Seth Emerson to death, but like. I don't know if you saw his piece about like because basically the athletic is all doing a uh, how to read your uh, how to support your local your how to support your local uh, restaurants and and so on and of course there was that famous we, you've seen the Georgia uh, athletics tweet they're like support your local restaurants oh, that was like terrible. McDonald's and Zaxby's and even Zaxby's is kind of close maybe but yeah. like uh, they're all chains of course and they I think they got adequately roasted for that but yeah. I did like I I did kind of enjoy uh, Seth's. Seth, uh, uh, and maybe I, I, I know I'm a true Athenian now because I like making fun of Watkinsville, Watkinsville people about when they talk about Athens restaurants. That's actually <laughs> one of my favorite things that they do. It's very like, oh, so the last resort. Yes, we know about the last resort. <laughs> we know about the last resort. Zaxby's. Yes, we also know about Zaxby's. Have you heard there's another last resort? Yes. Yes. We know that. We know all of those things. The, that piece definitely had like a little – uh, it, I can definitely tell that the, it was, it was uh, the piece of the, that Seth and the Athlete did. Definitely was like, oh, this was written by three people from Watkinsville about the food that they have in Athens. It felt a little bit like, hey, so when you go in for a game, here's the places you can eat and then get the hell out. Uh, so uh, I, uh, I, I, I would encourage everyone. There is a great site. If you actually do want to support local Athens businesses, there's a great site called Classic City Love. Uh, Classic City Love, but they and they have a uh, specific page under their directory that shows which places are open, uh, how they are doing delivery, uh, excuse me, how they're doing pickup. I have found uh, certain places have been really, really good um, about uh, pickup and curbside. Certain places have not been as good. I frankly would have thought Ad Drug would have been better at this, but they were not. I literally, in the middle of a pandemic, had to ask teenagers to move out of the front door so I could go in the place. Like I feel like you gotta be better, Ad Drug. You're 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 a you're an inst- you're a city institution. You gotta improve on that. But like the National, you can get food from the National. You can get food from uh, Chuck Fish. Uh, there's uh, you can get food from uh, uh, there's just many many great places. I would encourage anyone that actually wants to support Athens businesses and Athens restaurants who are obviously 
actually reasonably struggling now to go to Classic City Love. I feel like that's the best way you can get it. Yeah, we uh, we ordered out tzatziki's and oh yeah, I've gotten tzatziki's a couple. Of times. It was so easy. In fact, they have an app where you literally can tap it and it yep. says "I'm here." And we were we were gone within 20 seconds of tapping that "I'm here" button and had our food, and it was obviously it was awesome. They have really great food. And also, it's also worth noting, and, and what's an already difficult time, and I don't want to dwell on this, uh, but kind of an institution here in Athens uh, that we lost Marty from uh, Marty's at Midday. Uh, she 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 she's died during this process, and I think this, a lot of people are really mourning her. Uh, so uh, there, what was already a difficult time has become even more difficult in that regard. So uh, I, to me, uh, we have an advantage that we don't have a kitchen. <laughs> we started remodeling our kitchen literally like a month and a half ago in, in exquisite timing for us to do that. So we're eating out a lot more than we ordinarily do. So we, we, are, we, are, we are telling ourselves we're doing it to support the community. <laughs> but uh, your pie has been great, by the way. We've actually started ordering like pastas from your pies to mm-hmm. stick in the freezer in the refrigerator so we can eat them later maybe that's just a thing because we don't have a kitchen but uh, i very much encourage el barrio by the way el barrio is back yep, el barrio back. Has, new, has new ownership they're back going on lots of great places to get food in athens other than the uh than mcdonald's and all the places that have sponsorships <laughs> with the athletic department and for the record i support that uh, one of the things the athletic department defended in that tweet was they were saying uh well you know a lot of those places have local franchisees which is true but different than if you have a local business that's owned by local people. So by all means, ignore in only this regard, ignore the athletic department and go get food from actual local businesses. Yeah. And, uh, Terry Cruz, who's, uh, joining us today says some of the restaurants in Jessup, he's down in Jessup, Georgia are delivering groceries. He says, I love how they have adapted and keeps people home and locals employed. I agree, Terry. Absolutely. And, and, and listen, you know, we have started leaving notes again because we don't have a kitchen. We're getting a lot of stuff from Amazon. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we start leaving notes for our delivery people. And uh, I tip the maximum every time you ever order anything like by all means, uh, you know, what makes a community uh, is is uh, that stuff uh, and not not uh, not McDonald's and Walmart. So shifting gears a little bit, Will, I know that uh, if anybody's been watching SportsCenter or paying attention <laughs> to uh, maybe they've been reading in The Athletic. Uh, MLB has been tinkering with a lot of strange things. And since you're employed by Major League Baseball, I figured you'd be really good to shed light on uh, maybe briefly, like, what's going on? What could happen? And are they really going to ship 30 teams to Phoenix to play baseball? Uh, well, and to be fair, I do write for Major League Baseball, but uh, I am from the editorial side. They do not tell me anything that's going on. I do not want to know anything that's going on unless they want to give me an exclusive, but uh, uh, I'm not in on the discussions. Uh, but when it comes to that specific plan, you know, I feel like there's been a lot. Uh, I don't, th- for, for the record, I don't think it. I think it'd be really, really difficult to work. I wrote a piece for New York Magazine before baseball kind of tossed out its plan when the NFL and the NBA were kind of floating around these biodome ideas where you could ship everybody to like one location. And I feel like the number of things that can go wrong with that are, uh, I mean, it's it's hard. It's difficult to overstate uh, how how hard it is to do all of those things. Never minding just like the idea of you have to find like a place where there's only uh, you have to you have to find places for everyone to stay. You have to basically leave them away from their family. You have mm-hmm. to uh, if one person tests positive, it messes up the whole thing. Uh, the NFL was basically like, trying to like build an entire city, and I'm like, you know, if you can do that. A lot of the rest of us could actually use that right now. Like, like I think that if you, I, I understand the desire to get sports back, and I want sports back. And I, I actually think it wasn't fair for a lot of people to get so angry, not just at MLB, but at NFL or NBA, because they're floating ideas because they're trying to figure something out. And I think there is value in that because I also think that there's sort of this reflexive. Um, how could you even talk about this yet? Like, I think it's okay to talk about this. Like, you know, I think that we still have a long way to go and there's a lot of, uh, we've seen some progress. I think that what happens after the curve gets flattened a little bit may be just as important, particularly if we want football games in September. I think there's a way to do it right. Uh, the question is whether we will do it right, but certainly there's been progress. And I think with, with progress, you can start at least talking about these things. Um, that Arizona plan seems 
ambitious, uh, uh, to say the least. Uh, not so much that they would do it, but they would do it as soon as that story kind of implied. They were talking about getting started. The spring, tra- the spring training started in May and maybe playing in June. That seems awfully ambitious. Um, and But the idea of thinking about ways to get something going and salvage a season – for baseball or salvage a season, even if it comes to it uh, for the NBA or hockey or even football, I think there's value in that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, with, with considering possibilities. Um, and, uh, and I don't, again, that Arizona plan, lots of problems with it, just like there were lots of problems with the NFL plan, but if there's going to be lots of problems with every plan because there's lots of problems right now. And yeah. so, uh, the idea that a league should not, at least consider every possibility. I, I don't. I don't understand what's what can, what's necessarily wrong with that. But I don't think you're going to see. It'd be, it's hard to imagine that getting ready. Um, uh, to me, the next threshold for baseball. Uh, they've already canceled the London series, which I was going to go to with my parents, the Cardinals and Cubs. Uh, I think the next thing is probably the All Star Game. I feel like that's going to be tough uh, to get going. You've heard stories of. Maybe if they lose the All-Star game, if they could do half a season and have like a big tournament all in Los Angeles at the end of the year. That makes a little certain amount of sense. If you can get something going. But it's a bad sign that the Japanese Baseball League, who's been ahead of us in a lot of things, tried to get back going and has shut it down. Uh, and, and they've delayed it another month. Uh, it's worrisome. I think it's worrisome. Uh, I'm glad they're trying. But I don't think anyone thinks that they should be rushing it. Any of these sports should be rushing it. So I'm guessing you're probably predicting that Whenever the first sporting event starts, it's going to be definitely without fans. I don't. I think so. I think. I think it has to be. And I've heard from some people, Derek Gould from the St. Louis Post Dispatch. He's a. He's one of those. Baseball isn't even baseball without fans, which I totally agree. But it is definitely more baseball than no baseball at all. And uh, and and so for me, I think what's interesting is you see here a lot of sports leagues say, "Listen, what we're trying to do is we're just trying to bring back." For the f- people could use this right now, and that, that, and I agree, that's true, but they really desperately need the television programming, like in a, in a financial way across the board. They need the television programming. They need that money so badly. So that's that's probably eighty five percent of the reason they do it. Fifteen percent maybe they care about helping the country, um, but and so I think that's why they're trying so many things and doing so many things. It's just it's going to be a challenge, uh, and uh, uh, and I think. You know, my fear is, particularly now that we're starting to have some success, it's starting to find the curve a little bit in New York, and I think you're starting to see some some, uh, uh, social distancing do what social distancing was supposed to do. I think there is now a, all right, it's starting to work. All right, we're done, right? We're almost done. Like, no, we are not almost done. It is. Uh, there's been encouraging. There's been good news. The last time I was on this podcast, I was ranting and raving at people about not taking this seriously. Uh, I have seen that to be different now. Uh, I have to say, I, I still think there's some uh, um, uh, dumbass uh, local businesses who are tying up um, valuable city and uh, county time with frivolous lawsuits to get themselves promotion. Uh, but, uh, on the whole, I think that, um, people are being good and everywhere. And I, you know, I, I, I have personally also found it irritating, uh, to see, uh, while I may have some arguments against, uh, the way some of the, uh, uh, local leadership, uh, 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 sta- specifically state leadership, uh, has handled this situation. Uh, I don't think that like I've seen some people, friends of mine on the East Coast, be like, "Well, in the South, they're not, they're not taking this seriously." And that's just not true. I just that that's not true. I'm not seeing that to be the case. Uh, other than the fact that uh, as my wife, my wife has been doing the grocery shopping, uh, the the rare run out visits, and she's like, older people definitely still don't seem to get that. Like, don't pass me in the aisle right <laughs> like other than that i don't i haven't seen like a widespread rebellion against this stuff uh i feel like people have been doing the right thing and i think we're seeing the results of that uh the the, the trick is making sure that we stick to it and don't get too impatient too early i agree and you know i've been reading a lot of historical uh writings and watching some videos on that whole 1918 pandemic and you know they talked about how the second wave was kind of worse than the first one. And, you know, I mean, I'm not a scientist and it sounds pretty plausible to me. So I'm just going to kind of cool my jets, continue to do what I'm doing, 
keep my family safe. And yeah, I'm the one designated to do the grocery shopping here. And I was, uh, I was getting some stuff today. I try to go once a week. Um, and you're right. I mean, I'm kind of floored by the encroachment of, uh, of the personal space, even though it still feels very weird. Now, now don't yeah. get me wrong. I still, as it's happening, I'm going like, I can't believe this. This is how I'm having to react. But I've found that I'm, I've become a lot more patient. I mean, I've already been, I've always been a very patient person, but I'm even more chill now. Like, if, yeah. like we ordered a pizza the other night. They got it completely wrong. She apologized. I tipped <laughs> you don't her get so mad about extra it, yeah. dollars. It didn't matter to me. I was like, I got time. I'll wait. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, all in all, from what I've seen and what I've heard from my family, I know my dad's taking it seriously. I know Jennifer's parents are taking it yeah. seriously. So, you know, that's all I can base it on because I don't leave my house very much. <laughs> right. I think it's good. Like, honestly, like I, I've, you've not seen other than, again, uh, uh, certain litigious and self-promotional dipshits. Uh, on the whole, I think that people uh, across political persuasions are taking it seriously. And, uh, and I think that that is, uh, encouraging. Yeah. So, uh, the last two topics I wanted to get into, uh, Will's recent articles. I have this up here. I'm going to try to share my screen a little bit. So Will, mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you about, let's see if this works. Uh, it didn't work. Uh, I'm on a delay, remember? So I'll, uh, so, <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to point out, you wrote one recently, I don't really care about Jason Veritek's impact on the Red Sox, but I know that came out today. Uh, the only thing I, I know about Jason Veritek is he was a catcher for Georgia Tech, so I don't like him. He was. Him. His jersey um, was retired. But. So what, what, what's the gist of that uh, article that you wrote? Well, that one is just a, it's a series that I'm doing where uh, for I'm you know it's MLB we need stuff to write about. There's no actual games, so I am uh, doing two different series every week. One is looking back at a year in baseball history. This year, Atlanta fans will like this. It's about 1995. I wrote about 1995, looking back at that year in baseball history. Uh, and then uh, the Jason Baratek thing was uh, I write about a different player every week and kind of look at their story in like a macro sort of sense. And uh, Baratek, I've, I've looked at Baratek. I looked at Wally Joyner. I got an email from Wally. Joiner thanking me for his piece about him and telling me that he shared it with his grandchildren and I was like oh my god Wally Joiner has grandchildren I am so old uh, so and then Daryl you know Porter, where he went to high school uh, BYU uh, high school uh, yeah high school. He, in Atlanta he went to Redan High School in, uh, kind of on, in near DeKalb County Rockdale yeah. County area yeah. I did know that but yeah but he's Mormon because he went to BYU for college I didn't know that so anyway, um, but I'm doing that. I'm doing that, and then uh, I'm writing weekly for uh, for for New York Magazine. Uh, it's usually about sports. This week I wrote about how bad Joe Biden's podcast is, yeah. and it is a bad podcast. Whatever your thoughts about Joe Biden, it is definitely a bad podcast. And uh, I gave him some helpful uh, tips uh, and suggestions that will perhaps help him uh, perhaps get elected so that we do not all die. Uh, but. It was yes. interesting because as I read that, it was a very technical, not not technical, like here's what you need to cross and plug in and everything. But it was like five points of like, hey, don't record via Zoom. Hey, yeah. have, have a co-host with them. That makes yeah, it like, easier. It was very uh, basic. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and that I think, and I, I think it actually speaks a little bit to how behind the curve the campaign is that they did not know five very obvious things about, about podcasting. And I, I mean, listen, you do this more than I do. You, you have more skills in this than I do. But I, you know, I, I produce the Grace and the Least podcast. I have some basic understanding of this, and they seem to have nobody on hand who had that. So, uh, and listen, I, I and if you, the tone of the article was definitely, uh, I noticed that a lot of Bernie Bros retweeted it, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not like, get out of here, Bernie. This is over. Go home. Go home. Uh, uh, like, no, no offense, buddy, but you, this, is, this is not about you anymore. Uh, so I, that, and I, the tone of the piece was definitely not, Joe Biden's an idiot. What a jerk. Like, right. the whole point was that, like, hey, listen, I'm just telling you, this is a way you could possibly help. Yeah, your podcast is, is trash. Yeah, the, the production <laughs> quality of it. Okay, yeah. so I've got a screenshot right here. I don't know if you can see it, but I took this from your article uh, about the 95 season. And this is the segment on, on the Braves. And so I, I found this interesting and I'm going to read it in case people can't see it. So you say, uh, the Atlanta Braves finally won what turned out to be their only world series. This is 1995. This wasn't one of the Braves best teams though. They were on a 100 win pace, but it featured perhaps Maddox's best season 
And a peak year from Ryan Klesko, of all people. I agree. That, that's a point uh, to be made. This was also Mark Weller's one amazing year as a closer. The Braves finished off the upset of the Indians in the World Series, though there are many Georgia residents. And this is, this is what I have a question about. I'm Uh-oh. wondering if maybe you have some experience for, to be able to just pull this right off the top of your head because of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. You say, though there were many Georgia residents who can't help but connect the title with the one time Steve Spurrier in Florida ever played in Sanford Stadium and put 55 points on the Bulldogs, which happened the same day. Even when Atlanta fans win, it can feel like they lost. You'll often see this referred to uh, this referred to as the most recent title in major Atlanta sports history, unless you count Atlanta United's 2018 MLS title, which you should. So my question is, my uh, we do a fantasy football uh, together, and mm-hmm. my fantasy football team name is not since 1995, referencing that last mm-hmm. title from, from the Braves. And then also I gave you that little insight probably five years ago about the uh, Steve Spurrier connection. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to say... I appreciate that. Uh, and, I tried uh, to tag. I tried to tag WSLS. But I don't know if that's MLB style. <laughs> no, but I thought that was a great. Uh, it was very succinct, very accurate. Um, so yeah, y'all go check out Will's writings. Uh, subscribe to his uh, newsletter, and you can find all the links there. I think it's WilliamFLeach.substack.com to subscribe mm. to to his newsletter. Well, I'm promoting stuff, by the way. Mm. Uh, um, one thing that my uh, my wife and my mother are doing together, which is unnerving <laughs> on its own. Uh, but uh, my wife, as a lot of people know, is an interior as an interior de- decorator, and she has been designing masks for people because uh-huh. uh, this has become a thing, like designer masks, perhaps right. inevitably. Right. And so my mother, in addition to being a lifelong emergency room nurse, is also a seamstress. So they are actually, if you go to alexastevensonid.com, at the top of the page, you can click right there. Uh, they are making masks. Uh, they are asking for a $20 donation all pro- or more. All proceeds are going to the Athens Nurses Clinic. Uh, which we have raised like almost a thousand dollars so far. So uh, by all means, if you are looking for, uh, if that continues to be a thing in public life, if you go to this, uh, when she goes to the grocery store, she wears a mask. I think a lot of people are wearing masks when they go to the grocery store. These are uh, more than just tying a bandana around. Like you can see them. I encourage you. Uh, we'll get them shipped to you, and we'll go out to you, uh, AlexisStevensonID.com, and get get those masks. That's awesome. For Athens I, Nurses Clinic. For the Athens yeah. Nurses Clinic. No, I think, I think that's good. I, I'm sorry I wasn't paying attention because my camera feed died. Luckily, I have a backup camera feed, so I had to switch to my, uh, my FaceTime camera on my computer. So I was just – now we're on opposite sides. Anyway, you don't know that. So um, definitely do that, uh, what Will was talking about with the, the masks. Yeah, whatever and, the hell I was saying, yes. Yeah, whatever. I'm sorry. I was having technical that's difficulties. Okay. And it's live, so – Um, So anyway, what I wanted to do now, this is the Jeopardy round. Um, I have five questions, Jeopardy questions for you. And uh, we're going to start. Tony got, I think, zero out of five. I think he got the bonus question. So uh, I tried to make these. These these all pertain to Georgia football. And they all took place in times that you were here or you would know. So the $200 Jeopardy question, please... Uh, deliver your your uh, response in yes. the form of a question. Got it. All right. The two hundred dollar question with one minute and thirty nine seconds left on the clock in the fourth quarter. Bo Nix was sacked by this UGA freshman defensive end for a loss of five yards, thus securing a twenty four or thus securing a twenty one fourteen win for the Dogs versus Auburn in two thousand nineteen. Was he was a freshman? Freshman defensive end got a sack on Bo Nix that essentially iced oh, the game. Oh, uh, I think I know this. Is that uh, Trayvon Walker? That's right. Boom! <laughs> you Take got that. it correct. Take yeah. that, Tony. All right, so now the $400 Jeopardy question. Sophomore Jacob Eason left with a knee injury, giving way to freshman Jake Fromm. And the Bulldogs won 31-10 to in this 2017 season opener versus this team. Oh, oh, um, shoot. Um, Middle Tennessee State? 
Probably similar conference, uh, but the answer of that is Appalachian State. Appalachian State, that's right. I knew it was someone better than we thought. Than you thought, that's right. Yeah. That was and, the game. Remember, uh, uh, people were predicting. Some people predicted Appalachian yeah. State to win that game. Yeah, yeah, and you didn't uh, answer in the form of a question. Oh. So that's right. Oh, sorry. So it doesn't count. Who is Appalachian State? Yeah, uh, Daniel Partain, who's in this uh, chat, got it correctly. Congrats, Daniel, who is App State. So did Terry Crews. Oh, no, Terry Crews got it wrong. He said Austin P with a P-E-E. Yes. And uh, Robert Wolf got it correct right there. Who is App State? I knew that, I knew that was App State. I just forgot. Okay, next. All right, so the $600 Jeopardy Georgia Bulldog question is, in 2019, Sanford Stadium was renamed as Dooley Field at Sanford Stadium. In 1911, Dr. Sanford moved the football field from this field on North Campus. Oh, I wouldn't know this. I don't, I don't know any, any, any campus. I didn't go to school here. I don't know any of this stuff. Though I'd like to point out, I always love the fact that uh, I'm sure other people have noticed this. When you use Google Maps, it still says Sam Org Stadium. Really? Have you noticed that? It no. says Sam Org because you know I my the my exit off the loop is exit seven, which is University of Georgia and Sanford Stadium. But for some reason, Google calls it Sam Org Stadium. So, uh, uh, so Sam Org, what is Sam Org Field? My uh, my cousin who went to Georgia, graduated with an MIS degree, works for Google. So I know that I need to talk to him about that because he would not. That's very like wrong. That. Yeah. That's very wrong. So uh, since you, you don't know the answer to this, uh, Jim. I think, wait, I think I figured it out. I think what is Hurdy Field? I think you might have seen the comment section. Because, <laughs> no, uh, I don't even know. Here's the comments. We've got Jim and Daniel and James Lawson and Robert Wolf all got that correct. Congratulations to all of them. And uh, Will, we are on the $800 Jeopardy question. Okay. Here we go. I've already beat Tony. That's true. Georgia head coach Kirby Smart played safety for the Bulldogs from 1995 to 1998 and wore this number. Oh, for the record, by the way, I I don't know if I'm going to get this right. I am officially of the belief that if you wear the coach's throwback jersey – you're a dork. Unless you're a kid, kids can wear anything, whatever they want. If you're like a grown person rooting for management, uh, like I, I don't, uh, I, I don't think you should be doing that. Just for fun. Um, fourteen. What is fourteen? No, uh, that was that would have been Mike Bobo back then. Mike oh, Bobo okay. wore fourteen during those years. You I was wanna, close. I was close. Very close. Yeah. Jim's got it. Daniel's got it. What is James has it? What is sixteen? He I was in the right 16. ball. I was in the yeah. right ball. Yeah. Uh, all right. Terry Cruz also got it. What is sixteen? All right. The final Jeopardy question for you today. The thousand dollar question is: At the end of the 2015 season, Coach Mark Rick was fired as UGA's head football coach. He did not coach in the bowl game, but this assistant was the interim head coach and got the win. Oh, um, 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 oh, I'm so rusty. Oh, my gosh, this is an embarrassment. He now coaches um, for South Carolina along with I, lo- I know, I love this dude. I like this guy, and I can't think of his name. Because uh, uh, it's, it's awesome, because when you look at the record books, it's just that one little game that, like, pops up there. Um if I wait a little bit longer, someone in the comments will say it. And uh, oh, I know who is Brian McClendon. That's correct, Brian McClendon. <laughs> who, interestingly enough, he also wore number sixteen. I think oh. when he played for Georgia. Yeah, and, I should have uh, known that. That's embarrassing. The App State one and the McClendon one. I should have got those. Yeah, and uh, of course Terry, Jim, and James all got that. Correct. So, uh, and I want to thank uh, Basin Dog. At, uh, he's on uh, on Twitter. He sent that question in, and it was crazy because I had just put that same question in, uh, which is like I sent the Spider Man meme. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, we're doing the same thing. Uh, so I appreciate all the interaction on that. Uh, but yeah, that that does it for this live stream. Um, it's fun. That was fun. This was I, I was reg- I was dreading this, but it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed this. I just, even when even though I had an umbrella attack in the well, middle of the podcast, uh, we, we, hadn't even, we hadn't even discussed uh, what we discussed with Tony about getting a WSLS TikTok account, <laughs> and uh, and a couple of the comments were saying that we should that would be the first TikTok. 
to put up there is uh, the. So why why can't we do three people on this? It's just it's just impossible. If you really can't do three people, you could if I use Zoom. Yeah. So and then but, the but late- we have multiple people that talk over that talk over Skype. Like when we do when we did the post game show, we have like multiple people that talk over Skype, right? Right, but to do this live feed with the software, oh, I have the to live a split screen. Feed. Yeah, I'm using Ecamm Live, and that allows me to put all these graphics up on the the board and everything like yeah, that. I, so. got, 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 got. Yeah, so uh, Robert Robert says let's get Alexa on camera next time. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's uh, she's 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 worked for years as a cam girl. So uh, I think that uh, that would be a good opportunity. Uh, uh, just just because I'm going to get yelled at for that joke, I remind everyone to go to alexasevisitit.com and uh, get get the mask that her and my mother are putting together. I'll have you know, uh, I uh, my mother made me a Cardinals face mask. So I have a, I have a Cardinals protective mask that uh, whenever I do go out, my wife is this is the is the badass that goes to the uh, to the to to the grocery store. But uh, but I'll get it out when you, if you see me, I'm wearing my Cardinals mask. Well, let me uh, let me play the outro music. Is it playing? I was gonna play the our our song, uh, but I guess it's not playing. You know, there's there's technical difficulties. I had a camera die. That's how it goes, right? That's how I, I just a, yeah. yeah. I had a camera die, and luckily, uh, you know, redundancy is good, so I had a backup. Um, but yeah, this was fun. I appreciate you joining me. We'll do it again because I haven't seen you since the end of February, and um, you know. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. And I'd like to remember, I know we joked about this in the last podcast, but there actually, when we finished the last podcast together, you literally asked the question, so should I worry about this coronavirus thing? And my response is like, no. What are you, an idiot? <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But right. uh, but uh, I was uh, I was uh, 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 feckless in a specifically Kemp sort of way. So I will take my hit uh, in that regard. Well, thanks for joining me. Stay safe. And uh, yeah, go dogs. Go dogs. Appreciate everybody joining us. Y'all uh, be safe and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll catch you next time. See you on Twitter. And thanks so much for listening. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can search WSLS podcast on YouTube or follow the link in the show notes of this episode. Also, if you want to follow us on social media, our handle on Twitter and Instagram is you guessed it at WSLS podcast. We'll be back with another show next week. What will it be about and who will it be with? Uh, I'm not really sure yet, but you can send us some suggestions if you'd like for topics or anything like that. But yeah, we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants and uh, we'll make it happen. But uh, stay safe out there. Hopefully we'll see you on campus sometime very soon this fall. And as always, go dogs.